Welcome to the Cultured Podcast. I'm Melissa Jezier, your host. On this podcast, I talk to top culture makers in the world today to unpack the visible and not so visible forces that make up this often overlooked superpower of organization. Season two of Cultured is focused on change makers from the restaurant industry. And I'm honored to have with me Virginia Ali, owner of Ben's Chili Bowl. I don't think there's any business as iconic to Washington DC and the civil rights history as Ben's Chili Bowl. It's a cultural landmark and its history is as beloved as it's half smoke with chili. Welcome, Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. First off, congratulations on the recent celebration of your 60th anniversary, 60 years. You and your husband, Ben, were only 24 when you started Ben Chili Bowl in 1958. What stands out to you uh, most clearly from your first year in business? Oh, wow. The first year in business was interesting. We uh, I had been employed on U Street, which was known as Black Broadway back then, because it was an African-American entertainment center. There were three big theaters and three blocks and, you know, jazz clubs and restaurants and that kind of thing. I was familiar with the area, and uh, when we wanted to open up a restaurant, we had to find an ideal location, and that ideal location would be where there's a lot of activity. We were fortunate enough to find the property at 1213 U Street, which was formerly an old silent movie theater called Minnehaha. And we were able to lease that space and convert it into a, a bench chili bowl where we found the architect, the contractor, the plumber, the electrician, everything in the area, you know, African-American owned businesses right there in the community. So we were able to open the business. Where it was a new, modern-looking place at the time with lots of color, and it was readily accepted by the community. And we wanted very much to make it a community-based place, and we were able to do that. So things went very well that first year, and we've been there, as I said, 61 years. Well, restaurants can be infamous for their culture. Tell me a little bit about the culture you and your husband built at the Chili Bowl and what's remained consistent over time and what's changed. As I said, we wanted to be a community-based place. It turned out to be kind of a meeting place, a gathering place. We were there doing the civil rights movement in the 60s. And of course, we were able to participate in that in terms of, uh, you know, uh, we had demonstrations we called them demonstrators back there. We didn't call them protesters. We called them demonstrators. <laughs> and we had the big march on Washington in 1963, where Dr. King also had a satellite office in Washington, D.C. at 14th and U. So whenever he was in town, he'd spend uh, a little time at Ben's Chili Bowl. And I had an opportunity to sit with him on occasion and listen to him talk about his dream. So when that big march took place where he gave his I have a dream speech, there were so many people in town, thousands of people in town for that. And we were, as I said, that gathering place where many of the demonstrators would manage to get by. They were, you know, and then you would see Dick Gregory or you'd see Harry Belafonte or all these people that took the time to pop into Ben's Chili Bowl unlike today and unlike today because of the pandemic. It's an interesting time, yeah. Absolutely. So meeting people like Dr. King and, and other civil rights leaders during your lifetime, what, what impact did meeting those influencers have on you? Well, they were strong leaders that promoted nonviolence. And I found that to be effective. You know, I found that, uh, as I said, we, we had that march. And then in 1964, the Civil Rights Bill was passed. 
1965, the Voting Rights Bill was passed. Unfortunately, uh, and I'm terribly saddened to see that now our daughters and sons are fighting for the same basic human rights that we fought for back there in the, in the 1960s. We're still doing that. We still now have the protesters out there fighting for the very same thing. So what's impressive today for me is we don't have that strong, nonviolent leader in front of us, but we have all these young people coming out doing it on their own, right? Mm -hmm. We have all these young people coming out on their own, on their own conscience and from their heart out here knowing and recognizing that we need systemic human rights laws passed for our people. And I'm so impressed with that. Diverse, large numbers of of diverse crowds, not only in Washington, D.C., but all over this country and all over the world. So I think that's um, a, a major difference in what happened back in the 60s. And, and I'm so proud of them and so proud that they are being nonviolent. We had some agitators, but they're done with that now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just encouraging them to endure, to not give up, because we've got to make some systemic changes here. So what do you think then, as a business leader, what advice would you give to other business leaders on what we can do better to support the, the Black Lives Matter and diversity inclusion that, you, that we're talking about? We support any way we can. You know, we, we had some problems because of the virus. We were struggling because it affected our businesses as it has affected everyone's business. And because we had that, we've gotten so much community support. And that outpouring of love and support, we were able to turn back to give back to our community, to give back to the medical staff and by providing food and helping them in any way we can, whether it's a donation of food or a monetary donation, and even participating. If you're younger than I am, I think should be out there demonstrating as well. What has made, you know, you t- we've been talking about all the things that you, you've seen from the, the, the 1968 race riots, you know, tough social and economic times in the 70s and 80s, revitalization of the U Street Corridor in the 90s, now COVID-19 and more race riots in, in 2020. What makes Ben so resilient? As I said, we were always a community-based place, and the community has always been there for us. We've always been there for the community. In addition to that, we offer, you know, we do our, of course, you know, the chili dogs are delicious, right? They are delicious. I will attest to that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, we we try to provide a family-style atmosphere. We welcome everybody. We've always done that. And uh, we work hard, you know. We've had very and wonderful employees that have stood with us. We've got many of them that's been with us for many, many years. I think we just have to keep doing what we do. Uh, it's hard for us now because we did have to curtail our hours. We've had to close some of the some of the bench chili bowls, but the original is open. We do have outside seating a little bit now, uh, doing the social distancing thing. We're doing our best, and I think that uh, just enjoying what we do. I love people. I've been there for 61 years, as I said, and I was going every day until the virus came to town. And so now I'm trying to be safe because of my age. I can only imagine how frustrating that must feel. I'm sure you're ready to get us past this and back to a, back to normal again will be, I think, a sigh of relief for everybody. It'll be a uh, great relief for everybody. Yes, it'll be a great relief for everybody. I miss, and especially now I miss with all the protesters in town and around town and 
I'm not getting to see them. I do miss that because I like to encourage them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that's, that's really hard for me, but, uh, you know, we, this too shall pass, right? This too shall pass. I believe that as well. So what's made you want to keep fighting to, with all of this craziness related to COVID pandemic? And I, you know, I think it's been a hard thing for many restaurants in, in during this time. I mean, I've heard just 15 of your 65 members were working and I heard your sales plummeted 80%. What, what made you still want to fight to survive? It's what we do. We've been a part of the community. We want to stay that way. And small business is what makes this country work. Small business is the one that connects to communities. So we have to keep our small businesses strong. And it is an effort. It's a serious effort. I had the good fortune of having three sons that joined me and their their wives. And so now that they are the younger generation, and I'm encouraging them to try to hold on to our culture and our history. This is part of our history. This is the part of of U Street that survived. As you said, we survived the riots of 68. We survived the influx of drugs where the beautiful neighborhood became a ghetto. We survived the construction of the Green Line subway system that dug up the entire street and left us without a car passing in front of us for quite some time. And now we've survived the new neighborhood. And uh, we've had, you know, wonderful guests all over the years. Just imagine, we were there to see and witness the election of an African-American president, something that folks my age didn't expect to see in their lifetime. And President Obama, of course, with his very first outing out in Washington when he came to Washington as president-elect was at Ben Stillibo. Wonderful, wonderful memories. And I think about people like Dick Gregory, who uh, was a regular there and who was a major civil rights um, activist after he, well, he was first a comedian and then he was in a number of things. And then when he realized that we had his picture on the wall on our mural, he came down to see it and spent so many hours with me that day. But I just remember then he died a few I guess a couple of months later, and I was so touched by the fact that on his his very last visit to the Chili Bowl, he came. He was the service. The funeral service was on Saturday, mm-hmm. and on Sunday there was a funeral march. The funerals came from the Howard Theater up U Street and to Ben's Chili Bowl and up the alley where this procession, which included, of course the family car and, and the hearse and the marchers and the musicians, the musicians next and then the marchers. They, they came up the alley of Ben's Chili Bone and stopped where his picture's on our wall and stopped there for a moment. I was so touched by that, his very last visit to Ben. So those are meaningful things for me. Jesse Jackson, if he's ever in town, he always manages to come by Ben's. And these are things that uh, you know, make part of our history and wants me to keep going because we there's still history to be made our young uh, my my children and their wives can now move forward and keep it there for another 60 years and make more history be a part of it right and you also mentioned you had three sons who are now involved in the business i am my company eagle hill i'm also is also a family-owned and operated business 
um, from time to time, I feel like my 13 year old self shows up to work every once in a while unintentionally. Uh, but tell me, what is it like about uh, working with your family and how has that uh, lended to your success and longevity? <laughs> well, we were very surprised that they wanted to do this because really is, restaurant work is really hard work. Yeah. And you have to love it in order to be able to do it and to do it effectively, you know. So we were very surprised when they joined us. It's wonderful. I mean, when I was when I'm going down there, I get to see them because the old original U Street is basically the headquarters, right? So they even if they were at the other bands around town, they were at some point during the course of a day show up at the old original spot. And that's meaningful to me. And then we have three daughters-in-law, two of whom are full-time with us. So I'm just having a grand time. And of course, there are some challenges every now and then when one doesn't agree with the other one. But that's, that's, not, that's a family thing that we work through. And I think it's just wonderful that they wanted to carry on this little legacy that Ben and I uh, started 61 years ago. I'm, I'm, I was so flattered by that. Oh, I'm sure that must make you proud. I can imagine. Do you get the question often when you're when are you going to retire? Yes, I don't plan to. <laughs> <laughs> it I keeps love you it. healthy. It keeps you healthy. When you're busy, you don't have time to be sick. If you wake up in the morning and you feel a little dull headache and you're a little sluggish, you could lie down there and nurture it and let it just become bigger. Or you could take a quick shower, throw on something, and go find something to do. And you'll forget about the little ailment that you have. And it goes away. I believe that. I, I believe that as well. Because especially working with my parents every day, I can, I can see the same thing. And they say the same thing that you just said exactly. It, keep, it keeps you young. It keeps you young. It keeps you healthy. You don't have time to be sick. That's the whole key. And I, I really, really... Like your parents, I'm living proof that it works. I believe it. So during your life, you've seen so much. What do you think has been the biggest or most impactful change you've experienced over your lifetime, Virginia? Oh, wow. There have been so many changes, you know. We think about growing up. I grew up in the state of Virginia. I went to segregated schools and all of that. I came to Washington, to the big city. And uh, I witnessed a little bit more of that segregation. Then I witnessed uh, integration. So there the changes. And then you see the advancement of science and medicine and all of that. It's just wonderful to see and to, be a, to have lived long enough to experience all of this. Uh, it's, it's been a real pleasure to do that. And now I'll, I've got the biggest change of all uh, when I see... Um, um, what we're going through right now. But Dr. King was, I, I thought, just an amazing leader that we had. And, and to, see how, to, to see how effective he was with his nonviolent movement was a pleasure. Um, so I'm definitely now going through the changes that, that we're experiencing today. Today's changes are monumental. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think today's yes. changes are monumental. And I think we're on the verge of being able to make our world better, certainly when it comes to basic human rights. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful as well. Just wanted to circle back with one more question related to the time you spent with Dr. King. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about those hours that you spent together and how they kind of impacted you. Uh, well, I can't say that there were hours because he was always a busy person and he was always one that wanted, everybody wanted to talk to. So I had my time with him 
uh, when he'd come in and we'd sit for a little while and then we'd be interrupted, right? But just talking to him and seeing that, that soft spoken word and what peace meant to him and how he had was able to convince people that the appropriate way to make change is to do it peacefully. Uh, it was just thrilling to hear him felt like he never he never lost his cool he never got angry he just was calm and collected and believed in what he was doing and knew it was the right thing to do and um, it, it just taught me that this is the way everybody should be his ability to to deliver and to convince people I mean when he's in the pulpit or when he was on doing the I have a dream speech you know it's just it's just just touches you. It just um, transforms you into another kind of thinking. It certainly did for me. And and his concern for other people. You know, he's always concerned for other people. He's wanting to make the world better for his children and for everybody else's children. That was his. That was his goal. Mm-hmm. And that's what he thought about all the time. That's the only thing he talked about mm-hmm. was making this a better place, a better world new generation and for all people. Well, it seems that you and your husband managed to create a small microcosm of that at the at the Chili Bowl. Well, it was, uh, <laughs> I've certainly enjoyed my experience there. I can tell you that. I've enjoyed it very much and I continue to when I can get back down there. Um, a very small little place, not, not a big significant anything, but it certainly has uh, welcomed uh, Many people, and and I'm so grateful for them for coming, and grateful for the outpouring of love and support. And I remember when we were there doing the riots of 1968, when the neighborhood said, "Oh no, 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 we've got your back. Don't let anybody. No one's going to touch Ben's. No one's going to touch Ben's." And they didn't, did they? And they didn't. And they didn't exactly. So we've been there all these years, and uh, it's just been a wonderful experience knowing that uh, people care about this little place. You know, I remember when we did the first big celebration, my son said to me on their 40th year, Mom, I think uh, we should celebrate you being there for 40 years. Okay. My husband and I had planned our vacation to Trinidad. We went to Trinidad. uh, In August, and he called after we'd been there a week and said, Mom, you guys are going to have to come back because this is a little bigger than I anticipated. We came back on August 21st. The celebration was August 22nd. He picked us up at the airport and said, I'll need you down to the chili bowl at 8 o'clock in the morning. When we got down to the chili bowl at 8 o'clock that morning, the street was closed. There was a press conference going to take place. I think like nine o'clock or whatever time that morning, there was going to be a big press conference. City officials were all there. Uh, Jesse Jackson was there. There were so many people, but the media from CNN to NBC to ABC, everybody was present. And more importantly, the line of people that were out there all day long, a block long to come into the Chili Bowl to buy a hot dog, because we weren't giving anything away, was overwhelming for me. I was so, so excited. I'm like, we really mean something to this neighborhood. This is so special. That must have been so special. 
It was so special. So, and that continued because so we did it for We had a 45th anniversary, and a 50th, and a 55th, and a 60th. So now I guess I'll have to hang on for the 65th. You mentioned that a lot of your employees have been with you for for many years. Why do you think they stay so long? They become part of the family. We make them feel like family. They make us feel like we're the parents. Yeah. I have heard people affectionately call you mom. Yeah, everybody calls me mom. All the staff calls me mom. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that must that must also make you feel proud. Yep, yep. Um, I, I do feel very proud, and I treat them like my children. If I see them doing something that I find inappropriate, even if it's a personal thing, I get involved. <laughs> and my husband, <laughs> my husband was uh, my husband considered himself a motivational speaker, and he would when we hired back in the day, most of the employees were students you know they were high school and high, and and college students because in those days we didn't have financial aid like today so yeah. many people had to work work to go to school and i remember when they were coming in from howard or dc teachers college or something we would and they were students we'd ask to see their school schedule before we gave them a work schedule because we did not want a more early morning class having somebody work late at night so we were able to do that for those kids. And now we have people all over the country in different fields and professions. Now they bring back what the third generation is coming back now to uh, see the Chili Bowl or to go to college or something. And they all stop in and remind us of their parent or grandparent that went to school here. So it's pretty amazing. That's what happens when you stay a long time, right? There's a question we ask uh, all of our guests, and that is, what's the first word that comes to mind when you think of culture? Love. I think really? love. Yes, love is my, the first word that comes to mind. It's so important to maintain culture and to teach the next generation your culture. And I, and I love meeting people from all walks of life and from all parts of the universe, because I like sharing out culture. I like knowing about someone else's culture. It's just very fascinating to me and it's something that we have to hold on to. And in this in this city and particularly the African American culture, I think we need to hold on to that and to pass that on to our children and grandchildren and, and to the world. It was a beautiful culture. I wonder if it's it's taking forward the the open-mindedness into the future of learning about everyone's cultures and how they're different and how they're the same that might actually be the uniting factor. I would like to think that would be true, absolutely, because it's fascinating to learn about other people's cultures and to learn about their religion and their music and their everything. And just exchanging that uh, experience is meaningful just changing that experience. And so that's what I would do at the Chili Bowl because I had people coming from all over the world and to sit with them from another part of the world and learn about their culture and then they're asking me questions about mine. It's just uh, one way to get to know that we're all just human beings. We're all just people, right? Yeah, we are all just people. We're all just people, exactly. So if you could have one superpower, what would it be? If I had one superpower, if I had one superpower, what would it be? Let me see, what would that be? 
when, when I just take away everybody's, everybody's anger, take away everybody's anger, <laughs> make everybody happy, <laughs> peaceful, yes, indeed, happy and I, peaceful. Happy and peaceful. That would be that would yeah. be a great superpower, actually. That would be a great superpower. Well, thank Virginia, you. thank you so much for taking the time to to speak with me and providing the insight and all you've done for the community. It's really it's really wonderful, and I loved uh, I love the story of Ben's Chili Bowl. It's really it's really a beautiful one. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for including us. I hope to see you in person after all this is over. Okay. Wonderful. That's right. I believe that. Once this is all over, I hope to have the opportunity to meet you in person and share a chili dog with you. Thank you so much. I love that. Thank you so much. Okay. Wonderful. Take good have care. A, you too. Have a great day. All right. Be safe. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our Cultured Podcast. If you like the show and want to learn more, check out our Cultured website, culturedcast.com. And please follow us on iTunes. If you'd like to know more about our research, visit eaglehillconsulting.com slash culture.